0: Hi friends, welcome to Real Life, Real Talk, Real Coffee with me, Hannah, your host. We had an incredible conversation with Nicole Drake this morning about sadness and grief, and it was a heavy conversation, but in such a good and powerful way. I do wanna let you all know that if you have walked through um, a traumatic loss or um, experienced seasons of sadness or grief that have been hard, this is such a good episode to listen to. Um, but just be mindful of the time that you choose to listen to it. Um, Nicole was really vulnerable and real with us and shared a lot of good truths and comfort. Um, but it, it is possible that that could trigger some, some anger, sadness, or emotion to come out as well. So I'm excited for um, you to hear the conversation we had and just the, the power that it can hold to help all of us heal with the hurts and sadness that we've walked through. Well, Nicole, I'm excited to get to sit down and talk with you about sadness and grief, um, but first, what is your go-to coffee drink? What's in your mug?
1: In my mug today is the Berry White Mocha, yeah. a drink
0: that I found at Caribou a long time ago. Yeah, I, it was really intriguing to me because i I'd never, I literally had to Google to make sure that it wasn't a typo <laughs> when you text me what you wanted. But well, could you share a little bit about yourself and kind of who you are, who's in your family, what your life looks like? Yeah, my name is Nicole Drake,
1: and I'm married to Landon Drake, and we have a daughter um,
0: named Madeline who's yeah. five years old. Yeah, we we love her. We love you guys, but we also love her too. <laughs> <laughs> um, What's your day to day look like? What do you do?
1: So the beginning of this school year um, looked a little different for us. Madeline started kindergarten in Adel, and I had been staying home with her um, ever since she turned one, so I actually went back to work as well, part-time, and I work at Adel Elementary now in the office, and before that I worked in social work. from at Iowa Family Therapy Clinic and at the House of
0: Mercy. Um, so I was kind of used to working with children and families yeah. um, prior to staying home with Madeline. Yeah, cool. Well, just to remind everybody, um, we are wrapping up our Inside Out Emotions series this week. Um, we've been talking about joy and happiness, fear and anxiety, anger, and today we're talking about sadness and grief. Um, kind of with the perspective of the movie Inside Out, I'm looking at. Um, just how those different emotions happen in our lives, but from a Christian and biblical perspective as well. So as we get started, um, Googling the definition of sadness and grief is a little weird. Like the definition of sadness is the state of being sad, which is not helpful. Right. Uh, <laughs> but I know we talked a little bit beforehand that you you have a really good definition of it that I think is helpful. So what? how would you describe sadness or grief?
1: So I had also Googled um, the definition, because I was thinking, how do I describe this feeling? And so it took me some time to process and think about. And what I came to was just an aching in your heart, mm. or like deep mm-hmm. distress in the body. Yeah. And for me, that often comes out,
0: you know, it's just kind of these tears. Yeah. And I think that's important to note. Like, sadness looks different in a lot of people. Um, and this is where emotions kind of get tricky. Is Sometimes, if someone is sad, what you might see is anger. Or like when I'm angry, I cry, and it makes me mad because then people think I'm sad, but I'm but I'm mad. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. A, I think the aching in the heart was the good verbiage that you used that I related to. Um, would you define grief differently, or or the same? Or yeah,
1: I would define grief a little bit differently. I look at grief as kind of a combination of feelings that Mm -hmm. happen um, over time and at different points in your life. Um, You know, you could be triggered into feeling a certain way from a memory, you know, connected. And those feelings, I guess, are connected to a loss Yeah, um, Yeah. in particular is how I would define grief. Um, You know, we learn a lot about the five stages of grief, um, you know, denial, anger, bargaining, depression and acceptance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the, the top things I think about when thinking about grief, um,
0: But those can fluctuate. Yeah. Your time. yeah, I go back to what Jamie shared on our um, intro episode about how grief is very cyclical, and it doesn't necessarily go away the way we often think it should. <laughs> um, and just, you know, anniversaries of traumatic events or a loss or holidays can re-trigger, like you said, whatever triggers that emotion to come out. Um, yeah. Right. So I think that sadness and walking through grief can often be some of the hardest emotions to learn how to how to walk through well because it involves so much pain and it's hard. Um, so I just wanted to thank you for being willing to be on our podcast because it is hard to talk about hard things. Um but could you tell us a little bit about your journey um, or your story with Sadness and grief?
1: Yeah, so I would say my journey started um, personally in college. Um, there was, uh, my college roommate was in a car accident with mm-hmm. a cousin of mine and then oh, two of other friends. Okay. And uh, one of them ended up passing away at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know the other two people as well. It yeah. was my roommate and cousin but you know knew of them and yeah type thing um and then about four months later the boyfriend of the gal who had passed away ended up committing suicide and mm, it was around Christmas right. time yes. um and so that was my first experience really walking along someone who I was close to yeah um experiencing grief and kind of trying to learn about it help them through it <clears throat>
0: And that was while you were in college but, yeah
1: yeah that was my sophomore year of college um so not very old <laughs> no <laughs> like, no yeah I mean. and and you know kind of that time in life where you're learning the adulting thing yeah. you know um prior you know there had been loss you know growing up but you kind of always i felt like put that on my parents yeah. shoulders yeah. to kind of lead and so this was kind of the first experience i had to you know, learn about it, kind of know how to help or what to do to, or not to do. Um, yeah. And then that just kind of started, you know, I lost my great grandma who I was really close to um, before that. Mm-hmm. And she was someone I saw, well, all my grandparents are. I was already close to, but you know, I would mow for her and yeah. help take care of her. Um, so that was kind of the beginning, you know, and then um, Like I said, over time, losing my grandparents, um, which was difficult because I had a lot of memories. They were important to me. Um, You know, we'd go over to their house on Sundays and have brunch and after church and, you know, um, but a part of, you know, when they passed away or when they died, um, it was somewhat expected. Yeah, they had lived Mm -hmm. a long, good life type thing. So then fast forward, you know, uh, Landon and I got married and then... um, Wanted to start a family, and yeah. we found out with our first pregnancy at 20 weeks that um, we named Jaden now um, didn't have kidneys, and so mm. without kidneys, your lungs can't develop. Yeah. And so we were told that as long as he was in utero, he would be able to live, but once he was born, he wouldn't be compatible with life outside of the womb. So it's so hard. Yeah. Um, so we, so grieving was grieving was different that you know during that time because I really kind of had, you know, as long as I went full term, I didn't really know. Um, they said most you know babies with that diagnosis would survive until birth type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the only way something might change would be if like my health became in jeopardy at some point for whatever reason. Mm which wasn't likely with that diagnosis Um, renal genesis is the official medical term um but so we started you know there's some process of grieving that we started before um we actually got to the 40 weeks because we knew that yeah you know outside of a miracle we knew that he wasn't going to survive right so we um became part of the perinatal hospice team at Mercy. So mm-hmm. they have a team of doctors and nurses that kind of uh, walk beside you and, you know, assist you on the appointments, explaining the medical process, yeah. and also assist you in support for um, the grieving process, you know, Yeah. Um, and kind of talking through that, you know, a lot of what, how they would support us was um, helping us plan for mm-hmm. what was going to happen. and He's preparing for that. Yeah, and so I'm being able to make those decisions, which felt a little awkward, because <laughs> yeah. then you, you kind of, you know, you're hoping for a miracle, but to be honest, I um, it always felt very strongly in me that he wasn't going to make it, and and we were going to be, you know, planning his funeral and things like that. So that was odd kind of grief i guess in a way yeah we had time to process you're anticipating grief
0: while walking
1: through grief yes yeah yeah um yeah so then uh we you know went through that and then um we were able to have a healthy baby girl madeline and then a couple years after that we um were expecting again and um, went to our first ultrasound and we we're told that i was measuring small mm. and i kind of had that same bad feeling i had after hearing the news of jaden like something wasn't right kind of that motherly yeah instinct yeah and the doctors you know they were like well we're not too worried we've seen this before and they've been healthy pregnancies you know everything has been fine, so you know, just try not you know, try not to stress. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> How do you do that? So um so I left and cried a lot because I didn't feel good about the situation. Um and then sure enough a few days later I ended up having a miscarriage. Yeah. Um but but you know both of those experiences um were very different in the grieving process. Yeah. Um, With Jaden, I I felt like I always had a really positive outlook on it, and you know, was able felt like I was like, okay, God, I can do this. You know, I can do this. You know, kind of felt like I can can do this for you. It's gonna be okay. Yeah. Uh, We have a lot of things to be thankful for. You know. felt really loved during that time. Yeah, supported by
0: like your people. Yeah. Your yeah. Yeah. And yeah.
1: and learned a lot, I would say. Um and then with the miscarriage it was like the pieces of grief that came out in me was, was more anger. Yeah. And and bargaining a lot. And um was kinda like, you know, I said okay to Jaden, but I I wasn't okay yeah. doing this again. Yeah um so it was a different experience and I guess I share that because I think it is that way for yeah, different grief um, looks different yeah and if yeah. it's um kind of on you know kind of like multiple instances or on top of each other or you know yeah can yeah. be
0: different and that's a good point to make that in your miscarriage you weren't just feeling that grief it probably triggered. Your other experiences as well too, and it's layered on top of other layers, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: So it took, um. Yeah, so it's kind of the you know sadness again, all over, and um, and I think it became more personal to me. Like, it, mm. it felt like I was doing something wrong, yeah, and almost at times it was felt abandoned, um my god a little
0: bit in yeah point, you know like yeah. so yeah so i guess yeah no, that's good yeah. um those are really hard experiences and um but i also feel like just from the older i get the more i've learned they're also unfortunately really relatable experiences for many people mm-hmm. um and i think something that is hard specifically about miscarriage is people don't talk about it um and really grief in general people don't talk about Um, because I think there's part of us that feels like we just have to be able to do it and get over it and move on and just be okay and that doesn't help anybody process grief really well Um, so one of the things that I've learned in school counseling but almost more so in my personal life is learning that there's different tools that are helpful for different people in processing grief so um, what are some strategies um, that you've used in your life to help cope with some of those hard things, um, or tools or resources that you would want to point others towards?
1: For me, you know, worship music was always a big go-to. Yeah. Um, well, I meant most of my life I didn't listen to to yeah. worship music, and it wasn't really until um, Jaden's diagnosis that I, you know, one of the gifts I feel like. With um, that experience, is just learning kind of true surrender. Like, mm. and worship music helped me uh, get through that. You know, every um, every day, I really had to hand over to God because sometimes I I just couldn't really do it on my own. Yeah, you know, yeah. I was still working um, during that time too with him, um, so it was hard to balance. You know, kind of helping other people. While still going
0: through all of that myself, how did you? Um, How did worship music come into your life? Did somebody share it with you, or mainly at the church we were going to at the
1: time? Mm -hmm. uh, I would say, I just I would go there and always felt at peace with that. Yeah. Um, So I remember always on my way. I didn't have a very long commute at that time, but on the way I would always listen, and that would kind of set me for the day. I felt like. yeah yeah and then um, different scripture pieces helped you know I know the uh, the one that talks about kind of like a time for anything or everything um, has always kind of helped me pull out of spaces where I've been sad you know kind of like it's okay to be sad today but tomorrow you know you can be happy again and kind of being able to know that there's a time and space for all of those seasons, always yeah. kind of helped me, so I didn't kind of get stuck somewhere, and it mm-hmm. always helped me know that I needed to um, feel those feelings too. Yes. You know, feeling yes. sadness That's is just so as good. important as feeling happy, yeah. even though we don't like to feel sad. <laughs> we like to get out of that as quick as we can. And I think as long as I knew there's going to be another season where I'm happy yeah. and I can feel it, then I can sit in this
0: sadness. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of different angles of truths to that passage yes yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and then you know I attended um, support mm-hmm. groups um, and another you know thing that both Landon and I kind of committed to is giving back in mm-hmm. a way mm-hmm. so being a part of um, like the donkey charity walk yeah. and their charity Uh, we have a team for that every year in the fall and then we also volunteer um, at their golf outing yeah in the summer and then i participate in making christmas baskets with the perinatal hospice um team so each year in november i'm able to go back and see the nurses that were there you know for us during that time and be in community with other parents that have lost a child as well yeah um and that's always helped,
0: you know. Being able to talk with them has always helped with yeah my healing as well. That's one thing that, um, well, for those that don't know, we've gotten to do life group with you guys for a few years. Um, so one of the cool things that God has given us the seat to see is how He has grown your faith and your relationship with Him through loving other people that have walked similar walks, and it's just been cool to see. Um, you come alongside them and love them well but also how you've grown in doing that too so that's just a cool thing to see and it's cool to hear that that's good for you too Mm -hmm. but um so like all emotions sadness and grief can often have a really major impact on the relationships in our lives so did any of those experiences impact the relationships you had either positive or, or harder ways I think
1: for the most part, in a positive way, um, yeah, you know, being able to um, have someone sit with you in sadness, yeah, is important. Um, and just you create a very close relationship and bond that way mm-hmm. to go that deep. And and then it's like you know that you'll do anything for that person, yeah. and it's kind of right back at you. They'll do anything for you. Yeah. Um, with Landon and I though it you know there were it was really difficult for our relationship yeah, for I'm a sure. while um, we grieved differently and so mm-hmm. you know it, it took some outside perspective to be able to kind of tell us both like it's okay how you guys mm-hmm. are each doing it's okay yeah. um, and being able to respect each other for that and not feel like you know sometimes I felt like he didn't care, but mm-hmm. that wasn't true. He did care. He just um, grazed differently. Yeah. You know, he likes yeah. to stay active and kind of do projects, and some of that we were able to do together. Mm-hmm. We did some remodeling in our old house um, together. You know, so just trying to um, lean in to each other and it's help in pulling that way. Away from each yes, other. Yeah. because um, pulling away definitely wasn't helpful. Yeah. Um, and then you, you know, there were moments you you got to see God work in it, too, yeah. like times when we would be places or be questioned. There were times where it was hard for me and Landon would be able to be strong, mm-hmm. and then there were times mm-hmm. where it was opposite, where I could be strong yeah. for him, and you know that that was coming from the Lord yeah. because we wouldn't have been
0: able to do that yeah. ourselves. Yeah, well, that's really good. Um, so what advice do you have for people who... someone in their life that's experiencing sadness or grief, how can we love them well um, and support them well?
1: I think the very first thing that always comes to mind for me is showing up Mm -hmm. in one way or another. Um, You know, whether that's physically to a memorial service or you know type thing or if that's a card or you know gift in some way Mm -hmm. or whatever it is, um, and I would say across the board in conversations that I've had with people that have um, been dealing with grief and loss, um, that's always consistent. You know, when that loss was ignored or not talked about yeah. or brought up in any way, um, that's where you feel the most hurt yeah, yeah. in a way. and. And it doesn't have to be anything big, you know. Just saying I'm sorry, and mm-hmm. even saying I don't even know what to say to you, yeah. because really, there's not a lot you can say to yeah. to help. Yes. Um, but just knowing that they your presence
0: and they're there, and your thoughts are there, mm-hmm. um, goes a really long ways. Yeah. yeah, one of the things I think it was the first um, walk that we did with you guys a few years ago, um, but before the race started, they talked about. Um, how much it means just to speak, like speak Jaden's name. Mm -hmm. And that was really good for me to know how to love you well, but also has come really, has been good strategy or good tools to have to use with students that are facing grief. Because I think a lot of times, like you said earlier, grief happens because of a loss. And there's a fear of losing memory of the person you lost or the, the time or whatever loss you're facing. And so just speaking those and and remembering them together was also, has been really helpful in my own life, but also with students at school. So yeah, yeah, that was a cool experience. Um, Do you have any advice or um, wisdom for people who are walking through grief right now or going through some hard seasons? Uh,
1: You know, I think it's important to be patient with yourself mm. in the process and be able to be vulnerable with it mm. um you know we kind of talked about our culture has a hard time mm. talking about yeah. sadness yeah. or living it um, so i think a lot of people feel like they can always share when they're happy about something but mm. maybe have a harder time sharing yeah. when they're struggling or sad about something yeah um, like a Facebook, Instagram
0: culture. <laughs> yeah. It's showing all the good things <laughs> yeah, that are the, happening. The, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, because, you know, really, I feel like it's always there, and it might hit differently at different times. You know, yeah. we talked about um, holidays or anniversaries. Um, sometimes might feel a little heavier. Um, so I guess I, I think it's important to let... Let your body process it. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard people say before that if you kind of ignore it, it ends up coming on a lot harder mm-hmm. later. And the I'm ancestors. even talking, could be years later. Yeah, yeah it yeah. kind of festers and comes out in different ways. Um, and by that point, you might not even realize that's, that's where what's it's coming, coming from yeah. a little mm-hmm. bit. That's good. So I just encourage you. Um, know i feel like i could say so much and but it's so unique because everyone grieves differently and so i don't want to pull away from that either um i just feel like if if you feel you know like it's impacting your ability to um you know kind of live your life effectively or it's affecting the people around you in a negative way Mm -hmm. to to reach out in some way. Yeah. Um, Because it could just be maybe you need to talk about it and be comforted by others Um, you know it could be more than that in some way you know we talked about depression being a part of kind of the cycle and that um, can come out in different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think
0: not being afraid to get the help you need yeah yeah you're at that stage for sure and sometimes it can be really hard to reach a point where you need to not necessarily just admit that you need other people to help but just be okay with the fact that you need other people to help and like you said it could just be being comforted by your family or your friends or maybe it's more than that but um, it's like you said earlier there's a time for sadness there's a time for joy so it's okay to be sad, and it's okay to grieve, um, and you don't have to do that alone. Is is good.
1: And another piece, I guess, is remembering um, that we are called to comfort others, Ooh. and yeah. uh, so when you do to get to a space where you're willing to talk about it, that you do, because I think you know when one person is brave, then it kind of opens the door for another person to come out and. Yeah. Um, release those feelings or to say, you know, to share, I guess, their feelings, which, and then I think having, not
0: feeling alone. Um, Do you have any advice for parents in helping kids who are experiencing sadness or walking through seasons of grief?
1: uh, I would say, you know, having the space to be kind of open and honest Mm -hmm. with them and kind of make it okay to be something to talk about but not to be kind of a taboo subject you know sometimes I think we need to make it just as easy to talk about as kind of any emotion Mm -hmm. Um, but also when you are talking about it to be clear you know that this person died Mm -hmm. not like passed away or we lost them because those are confusing words for children depending on the age how they understand that concept Mm -hmm. and then I think just preparing them for if you are going you know it's kind of a weird time i guess right now with COVID going on and what funeral services look like but being able to prepare them for what that surface service looks like what's going on yeah you know the casket
0: and those sort of things um or even why you go or why yeah yeah
1: yeah Mm -hmm. and being able to let them be a part of that you know memorial aspect of it whatever Mm -hmm. maybe you know if it's a A grandparent or a sibling, you know, depending on how old they are, letting them be involved in Mm -hmm. sharing memories or maybe making, uh, if you're making something for it or even other people, you know, if you um,
0: are giving back in other ways.
1: um,
0: Yeah, I think that's something that we've seen you guys do really well with Madeline is she. she just has a really good grasp of um, emotion in general, but um, just what, what loss and hardship look like without, um, I think oftentimes we either ignore it and we don't talk about it or we get stuck in it and it's just been cool to see in her little kindergarten self how she's processing it, but I think a lot of that is how you guys have raised her to see that well. Um, before we started recording, you uh, mentioned that looking at sympathy cards and the, the wording in a, in a card can kind of dictate what you're saying. Can you talk a little bit about that and what you do when you're looking for a sympathy card?
1: Yeah, so I think kind of a common misconception is that grief is like this period of time after the loss you yeah. know like even when i was kind of looking up information about grief it talked about it being something that happens from six months to four years yeah. after a loss mm-hmm. and i think that 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 it's really life long yeah really you mm-hmm. know um it's there isn't really a, a time stamp to it in my opinion and yeah, my experience now, like an end date like okay you're done yeah <laughs> yeah and i've started finding in some sympathy cards that they will say that, you know, like during this difficult time or they are, there's something connected to, to kind of a period of time, mm-hmm. which is, I stopped pulling those cards because yeah. I'm like, you know, this goes on. Yeah. And while over time, the the heaviness of it or the pain of it gets a little wider, I would say with time, it never really goes, goes away. away yeah. mm-hmm. And I guess that leads me to another thought of, um, one of the greatest gifts I think I've gotten in our suffering is more of a yearning for heaven. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's something that people think about on a regular basis or talk about, you know, a lot of, when I was thinking about defining sadness as well as it's really this home kind of like a homesick feeling. Yes. Yes. Like if you, you know, if you remember when you were a kid staying overnight or a slumber party and just, missing your parents and wanting to go home. That's how I view um, heaven. And yeah. That's how I view um, Jesus and going home to him, you know. Yeah. So that, that hope and that really has helped me. I guess that would be maybe another piece of advice for those going through it is having that hope, you know, that our life here is really temporary
0: Yeah.
1: and goes really fast. Um, so I guess that's always something that has helped me, too, is, I don't remember, I think people have said it before, it's like a flash of lightning or something, yeah. this Is how God kind of used some, our timeline yeah, in life, so fast. but it
0: feels, at times, so long yes. for us. Um, that was always something else that helped me get through. That really made me think, um, a song that I heard on the radio the other day, uh, it's called One Day by Cochran and Co., but it's one day there'll be no more waiting no more it's such a good and comforting song um and also the song mentions a lot of different types of things to grieve over they might be big dramatic losses or they might be simple hard things that are also difficult and worth walking through sadness um, and grief and processing that so that was really good thanks for sharing that Um, At New Hope, our values, our love, grow and go. So loving others, growing in our faith, and going and serving. Where do you feel like God has you right now in this season?
1: I think I've been, um, you know, within like the last seven years, Mm -hmm. um, been in this process of growing and kind of getting on the edge of going, you know, being able to do the podcast like this a few years ago would have said no way. Yeah. Um, But I'm. I'm starting to get to this point where it's like, I don't want my suffering to be wasted. I want mm. there to be purpose in that. And I want to bring God glory in that. And so moving forward and being able to be like, how can I walk along someone yes. else in this? Yeah. Um, I'm not going to do it alone, and I'm going to um, help others. And so I I think I have, you know, I think God's up to something with that. Yeah. Um, might be waiting on the new church (laughs) building, (laughs) but, um, yeah, Yeah. I think I'm still collecting, still still growing, but
0: I think something's going to come out of it. That's so awesome. I'm so thankful for this conversation. It was so good and so full of a lot of good comfort and truth that I think a lot of people need to hear, so thanks for being willing to do that. Thanks for having me. Friends, I'm so thankful for you joining us for the Inside Out Inspired um, series on emotion. It's been such uh, an incredible and sweet time to sit down with so many different people and hear how God has worked in and through their lives through different seasons of various types of emotions. From the beginning, um, the passage that was kind of behind the heart for the series was Ecclesiastes 3, and Nicole mentioned that in this episode. So we just wanted to end the series with that passage. So Ecclesiastes three, one through eight says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance.